0: Hi, this is Ashley and Maggie, and you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool, from basic biology to the threats they face and what people are doing about it. All will under the influence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
2: am i supposed to hear her in my headphones? no okay i,
0: I can hear myself said. and only myself
2: it's my nightmare Magical. um but yeah so we have a different setup this is so exciting today so we're kind of professional we're using headphones oh my god things we
0: probably should have done I for know, the last 11 episodes
2: well you no nope, 21 how many episodes of 21? 21. But, yeah. A anyway, I'm uh, the 11, too.
3: Your broadcast can drink now. What? 21. 21. Who
2: was that guy? <laughs> Who the fuck
0: is here? <laughs> Who's listening? <laughs> uh, so, this man just walked in. No. So, I guess now we should just introduce. I mean, I, apparently we have to because
2: we just scared our entire audience. Sorry, Mom. Uh, everybody, this is our friend and special guest, <laughs> Steve Ellington. So special. Hi,
3: everybody. Thanks for having me.
2: So uh, we might as well just jump into why we're here today and and producing a bonus episode. Yeah. While, while you chew. Do you want me to take that? Yeah,
0: I'm going to chew away from the mic.
2: The Watering Hole was supposed to have a live recording event in partnership with the DC Environmental Film Festival, and we were so excited to partner with them. It was going to be just a raucous evening of drinking and talking about animals with our audience and Steve was going to be our guest because he's also an esteemed filmmaker. So that was the tie-in to the Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's our friend. He's our friend, too. Uh, but unfortunately, current events have it that the COVID-19 disease has just put a hold on a lot of things. So we're actually just going to record anyway because we want to get this out to our fans and all of the folks that bought tickets to come to our event because that is the cool thing to do because life goes on.
0: Yeah. And we didn't want this to get in the way of the fact that we want, it's been a while since we talked about some animals.
2: Yeah. It's been too long. We also cheersed all of our glasses and realized we probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah,
0: But you know.
3: But besides that, podcasting is like the most social distancing media form. So you're right. Yeah.
2: See, there's looking on the bright side,
3: everybody.
0: Although we are crowded around one table with a 1,000 cords. But it's fine.
2: It's great. It's gonna, uh, so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be drinking. We've already shared a few laughs. Me too. Um, but, uh, yeah, how are you guys feeling about this stuff?
0: Um, I feel like I really have to go to the bathroom and I should have done this before we started recording. So, uh, you guys can talk without me.
3: This (laughs) is, it's still
0: gonna keep recording.
3: This is the part of the podcast where Maggie normally whispers things to the microphone.
2: I attempt to be really sneaky and cool because Ashley's in the other room. What do you want to talk about?
3: I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss for words.
2: I'm not really good at monologuing.
3: A- Ashley will probably edit this out. She most probably w-
2: Well, she might. I'm, I could, I could sing. Uh, please. Okay, sure. <laughs> that wasn't a resounding yes, so I'll just save the audience from that. But you know what? Oh, you know what everyone should know? I set Ashley up last week oh, over really? my birthday. Oh, yes. really? Interesting. How'd it so, go? Uh, How many uh,
3: animals did wh- you talk about? Oh,
2: my God, they talked about so many animals. Actually, Ashley spilled an entire glass of red wine on her white T-shirt. Oh. Uh, so, it's a good move. And he still wants to hang out with her. Yeah. So.
3: My first date with Carla spilled a whole cup of coffee on my white <laughs> shirt. So uh, uh. that's my wife for the audience who doesn't know. And, yeah, it's worked out. So, spilling what, 12, a drink. 13 mm, years later? Almost 15. Wow. Uh, yeah, so spilling a drink on yourself. Very good first date. It's an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I don't think I spilled anything.
3: Get on it. It's you know, a good way to lock it down Just spill a drink <laughs> on yourself
2: I've definitely drooled in front of Nick <laughs> That's close. <cool. What's... laughs> like early on too <laughs>
0: I think me. I also told him I was a snake oh, okay, Or so a I've reptile
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah oh. That was the cat too. I'm pretty sure that's hey, all getting Maggie. edited out.
0: You were talking about my night the other night?
3: I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm just going to listen back to all of that. So, what uh, animals did you talk about um, with this gentleman? <clears throat> that's yeah. cool. Did you
2: talk about the Marcor?
0: I don't think we did specifically. Did you talk
2: about goat optometry?
0: <laughs> so much. I mean, that was pretty much all we talked about.
3: So I need you to make a commitment now. Because the podcast started with you talking about how it doesn't go well on dates. Yeah because you talk about animals if it ever does go well on a date uh-huh. talking about animals you have to commit to keeping the podcast going
0: all right no i think as soon as i as i done dating the podcast is over that's oh, what happens dang it. so it'll dang it. uh
3: maggie we have to sabotage this it'll, relationship
0: <laughs> it'll never end Oh my it's god. Fine. so what once did i do? settle down uh, it's uh it's all over just keep that in mind oh my god everyone if you want this to be over date me right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying
2: <laughs> all right
0: well all
2: right should we talk about animals yeah or should we talk about talking about animals
0: i mean oh i'm gonna op- it's not gonna be too loud
3: i mean generally no. I mean, opening a window while you're recording a podcast is frowned upon <laughs> i um, wanted a gen- breeze the in general audio so there's already synth. a window there is open already a window open and yeah
2: i can hear all of the traffic
3: yeah through yeah. these
2: headphones it's it's, it, we,
0: we always like to say so we're recording in ashley's apartment i don't know why i'm speaking to the third person we're recording in my apartment and i'm right by a busy road although it's
2: not that busy that's because everyone's staying home everyone's right inside. Now.
0: so uh all right oh 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 so steve's taking a picture
3: i'm just doing a little podcast selfie uh, that's perfect
0: remember <laughs> when maggie tried to do that and got no one in the picture
3: if you want that great content, you can follow the Watering Hole on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you want better weird content. videos of <laughs> Ashley's face very close up when she's confused, that's all. I mean, that's yeah.
2: pretty much the whole the whole. The, thing. Also, oh, pictures of animals. You know what, though, what? guys? No, uh, the know. Watering Hole Pod has an Instagram. It also has a website now. What? <laughs> This is a big deal. I did it because I'm unemployed right now and was getting excited for this film festival. Wanted to seem semi professional. Mm-hmm. So uh, go check out thewateringholepod.com. Oh,
0: sweet. Wow. Oh, that's, that's
3: very amazing. Yeah.
0: Figured that out.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's sweet. it. That's and it. <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's got a URL and everything.
2: It's how <laughs> websites work. Uh, anywho, um, Ashley, do you want to kick us off and oh, talk yeah. about an animal today? I do. Um, Is it a good one? Is it a good one?
0: Oh, it's so
3: good! I'm so looking forward to guessing. I'm doing this in my, in my like, that's headphones amazing. every week when the <gasps> podcast comes out.
2: Oh, have you don't... ever been uh, right? Do you, uh, yeah, are you often right or wrong? Mm. What's
3: your Most average? of the time, when it's when I'm right, it's like the easy ones. Uh. I think I think yeah.
0: Did you get Markor?
3: No, I did. I thought that did was a sport that, that where you run up the wall. <laughs> did you did right Markor? That's when you like run up walls and stuff and do Por-core! flips. Oh, I did that earlier today. Oh. Just you for did fun. Some parkour,
2: early? yeah. I, I, okay. Walking around DC, okay, I do that yeah. from time to time. That's what cool. You um, you, did you get porcupine?
3: No. Oh no. Yes, I did. I did. Yes.
2: Did you get kangaroo?
3: I forget the clues platypus? for that one. I forgot the platypus. Yeah, I totally got platypus. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Okay, you ready? I think yeah. So. I'm
3: I ready. To, ready to guess. stuck. Okay.
0: Yep. I did to have a nice sip, gulp of wine. All right. My clue's not that good. Now I don't even know about, what my clue is I feel is like be. my clue isn't that good. All right. I'll tell you. I'm just going to describe it to you first. It is a small egg-shaped mammal with round ears. A chinchilla? No, but you're close. A echidna? No. An opossum? No. Hedgehog? No. Or it's is very it soft.
3: Chinchilla is closer and the, it's I, egg-shaped. I would say chinchilla
0: is closer in what it looks like, but they're not in the same
3: family mm,
2: mm, um mm. a kinkajou nope Oop, i don't, those I don't even cute.
3: it's oh. very
0: egg-shaped
3: very egg very egg-shaped is it an egg Empty, no. dump- <laughs> <dumpsy-dumpty>. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's
0: just an egg i'm doing eggs guys um let's see uh so it has some other names okay it's also co- called a coney or a mouse hair a coney there are isn't well, that
3: like what maybe. you get on coney island yeah. right? those it's are delicious
0: uh, for when I ate me, I don't eat me anymore. But they probably have vegetarian conies being, now. Yeah.
2: Maybe. Yeah. But,
0: uh, so I'll find one and let you know if that's okay. A mouse delicious. hair. A
2: mouse uh, hair. Wait, wait, wait. There was another. Uh, I think I can de de picture it. Does it have a long tail? Nope. Oh, then no, I don't. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I have no idea. Some kind of um, mousey thingy? It's,
0: a mouse hair. it's called a mouse hair. It's more closely related to rabbits and hares. Mm-hmm. We do have them in the United States, and then they're also found in Asia. You may not know what these are. Well, once you once you see what it is, you'll know. You you'll recognize it.
3: Egg shaped. Egg shaped. You're like
0: this. I'm showing Maggie and Steve with my my hands what an egg shape looks like.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In case I didn't know. All right. All right. I I got it. I couldn't picture. No. No. Okay.
0: Um. There's 29 species. They're not rodents. They're the. They're not
3: rodents. Not rodents.
0: No. They're closely related to hares and rabbits, which are lagomorphs.
3: Lagomorph. Oh, lagomorphs. should have said lagomorph. Right I'm away. so <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> if only I had said lagomorphs. Unlike rabbits, though, their hind limbs are not longer than their forelimbs, which is kind of why they look more like a chinchilla. Like they don't have, they don't hop around. I mean, like they move around, but they hop like a mouse hops. But they're not mice. <laughs> Do you want me to just tell
2: you?
3: Yeah, or, yeah, like, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I the audience. I mean, you can find them ready. in
0: high elevations. Oh, um, uh, a pika? Yeah.
3: Oh, I know that, that word. I you. That does oh, That is very yeah. egg shaped. I totally. Right? I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google it. I'll oh my it.
0: gosh, they're so cute. Go ahead, Google them right away. They're super cute, oh, guys. They are so cute. Pika are in the genus Ochotona. Ocho- Ochot, ochotona, and then uh, so, like I said, they oh. are found in the western yet yeah, right. It's like
3: Pikachu. Yeah, that's from. where. Ah!
0: I did put that in my notes. I meant to put that in my notes, but yeah. Uh, when I
3: started I googling I Pika, it just it just it suggested Pikachu first. I'm like, oh, You're like, oh yeah,
0: I I do I do know that. But, oh. Um, but yes, yeah,
3: <laughs> very egg shaped.
0: They're very, right. <laughs> do you understand that? Why that was like the only clue I gave, and then just kept. Thanks. Man. And then just kept kept giving that over no and tip. over again.
3: We've got some advanced mic set up so we can really hear the, the whine. You can really right
0: get down and dirty with it. So, yeah, they're That's very cute. cute. Um, they're in the genus Ochotona, which I already said wrong the first time. Um, there's about... Oh, I love it. So, if you look at pictures of them when they're like... It's like they're yelling and it's really cute. There are... Well... Okay, so I think there's 29 species, but then if I do my math later, I have 25 species. So there's upwards of 25 species. There we go. Across the Western United States and Asia, although there's only two in the U.S., and all the rest are in Asia. Like I said, they're not rodents. They're uh, related to lagomorphs, which are hares and rabbits. So hares and rabbits are not rodents, for people who didn't know that. Because I feel like people think that they're rodents, because they got similar teeth, right? They're
3: lagomorphs.
0: They're lagomorphs. Yeah. But, like, people are like, oh. I think
2: that's a fun fact that everyone's going to take home today.
0: Lagomorphs? Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that because I know my sister likes lagomorphs. Yeah. So if I keep saying lagomorphs, she'll like me more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. Uh, so what do they look like? I've kind of already described them. They're these little round balls of fur. They're small and round. I put those as two separate notes. I just really want people to know that they're round. Um, Egg shaped. Their fur is actually kind of long. Not, like, super long, but, like, not... Short,
2: like a a chinchilla, maybe like a really nice or a bunny. Yes, exactly. Like a lagomorph. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) They're just
0: like a lagomorph. It's crazy. Uh, Most of the time they're grayish brown, but sometimes they can be a little reddish. They have very, very furry feet. And then in parentheses, I wrote me too. (laughs) (laughs) I have really long toe hair. Is that too much? (laughs) I can cut it out. It's fine. I, but I do. It's weird. I'm like a hobbit. So these guys are
2: like hobbits. They're small. They're round. They got furry feet. They oh. love gardening. And yeah. they, they kind of do. Speaking of hobbits and Uh-oh. gardening and mm-hmm. uh, where they filmed the hobbit,
3: <gasps> New oh. Zealand,
2: do we want to just quickly interject what kind of wine we're drinking tonight? Ooh, yeah. Thanks, Justine. Yeah,
3: I, I brought a bottle of wine. So I went to New Zealand over the Christmas vacation and the wine I brought, I did not bring back with me. I already drank all that wine. Sorry, suckers. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> 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 if you I did,
0: put suckers off their sorry, you don't mean it.
3: <laughs> but I did bring a wine from New Zealand that is a Pinot Noir from the Central, Central Otago, which is the South Island in the area in greater, around Greater Christchurch. Mm. And, you know, most people think of New Zealand wines, they think about white wines. Right. Um, but they've got a lot of good red wines, too, particularly in the Pinot Noir, uh, Syrah, and Shiraz categories. Um, so that's what we're drinking tonight. This was
2: very smooth. I it's feel like very a Pinot good. Noir is normally just a little bit heavier. There's a helicopter.
0: I don't know if anyone right can now. hear that. I can't tell if you can hear it or not.
3: If you can hear it, bonus. I think you can hear concert.
0: it on. Maybe. <laughs> bonus. Well, they're not coming for us, but they are very close to us.
3: Anyway, so that's the wine we're drinking. It's from New Zealand because I was there. And also while I was there, well, actually, after I got back, I listened to the episode that Dan was on when he oh. talked about the... the uh,
2: Kakapo. Kakapo.
3: Oh, and yeah. I didn't the get the to bugger. see a Kakapo, but I did see a Kea, which mm. is...
2: Right, the, the other second
3: one. largest parrot in new zealand oh. and is a, the world's only alpine parrot which was mm. amazing but that's another thing i didn't do that as my animal even though i almost did um, um but it was really cool all to the see parrots covered anyway it's really become a
0: parrot podcast yeah parrotpod we can't have
3: that.com <laughs> you register that one i'll do it tomorrow
0: i would love a podcast about parrots
3: anyway we're talking about the mm-hmm. pika
0: pika pika
3: is it pika or pika um, i just think pikachu, pikachu.
0: Pika, pika. i've always heard pika <laughs> but now I'm, now i'm second guessing i think it's pika. i think it's pika i've always but i see why why you said pika yeah. pika, 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 pika.
3: pika. let's get pika. to their lightning powers
0: yes, yes. please <laughs> that, that comes later okay, one okay. second they do have uh not superpowers but they are. they can be villains anyway um I didn't, so I didn't hear
2: any of that she said they could be villains
0: Ooh. Yeah, I whispered into my mic. I can hear my mic, which is probably why I'm talking really weird, because it's new to me. But I think it's better. I think it's better. For yeah. my cadence, that is. Um, but Maggie and Steve can't hear my mic through. So if I whisper into my mic, they can't hear it because it's a whisper.
3: That, <laughs> the monitoring setup is very complicated Listen, and super There's a lot of
0: chords. We'll take a picture. <laughs> super we'll send it around. interesting, yeah. It's very critical that you understand. Essentially, that. they
2: made me take off all my jewelry because it was just going to be so. <laughs>
0: you had like sensitive. 300 rings on. You don't even have that many fingers
3: that you know of. <laughs> oh,
0: what does that mean? Um mm. uh,
3: <laughs> So the pike.
0: Listen. So, um, I almost want to skip this fact because I know Steve doesn't like it. I was gonna say what size they are, but they're really small. So they usually weigh between one hundred and twenty-five and two hundred grams. Okay. Steve, yep. Yep. Four point five to seven point one ounces. It's about how much pasta
3: I normally eat.
0: <laughs> they're <laughs> pasta size. They're a bowl of pasta covered in fair. And they're about 15 centimeters, six inches in length, although some can be like eight inches. So either way, they're very small little pasta balls. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. All right. So where can you find them? Do you remember the two places I told you? Alpine Generally in speaking, the
2: Americas and Asia. No, yes. Mountains.
3: In the yep. west.
0: Good job. Western. Yep. I was going to say Western Africa. In that's right. West wrong. of the Western Rockies. America in the rockies
3: in the rockies oh so we'll
0: get there uh so like high elevation mountainous areas there are only two species found in north america the north american pika very originally named and the collared pika um, who we'll talk a little bit about in
2: a little bit. I'm imagining a fancy pika. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's like Shakespearean. Oh, that's like so, originally what I was expecting. Yeah. Okay, So it's either way. It's either he's like a... Either he's a douche he's, or he's very civilized and uh, from Great Britain.
3: But still a douche. <laughs> um, a old-fashioned sort of douche. <laughs>
0: The best kind. And then there's 23 uh, species in Central Asia, which my numbers then don't add up to 29. But either way, all of the species are either entirely or at least partly in China. Hmm. Um, If you want to find them here, like I said, go to the Rocky Mountains. But part of, I'll kind of get into this when I talk more about their behavior, is that Unlike hares and rabbits, these guys are not nocturnal or like they like they're active during the day. Mm. Um, and depending on where you are, there can be either a whole lot of them or like not a ton, but they're pretty territorial. So they're often like out chasing things away. So like they're pretty easy to see outside. Oh, like when you're around, just like don't go and touch them because it's nature. So in pikas, there are two distinct ecological niches that they fill niches, niches, niches. Niches, niches, niches. Yeah, I, look, I looked to Steve. I didn't trust Maggie. Okay. <laughs>
3: um
0: I'm also like, very, why are you signing? She's looking at her phone and signing. She's I'm bored looking for a of a pika. She's Honestly, bored. Maggie is
3: better at at anything grammatical or pronunciation. What, pronunciation clearly, <laughs> pronunciation-wise. Than me? Yeah. yeah,
2: we wow. <laughs> fucked everything. <laughs> so this is why the two of you are in video. Yeah. yeah. I'm in
0: words. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so there are two kinds of niches that they fill. They'll either live in piles of broken rock. What? They'll either <laughs> live in piles of broken rock, um, which is called talus, T-A-L-U-S. And then they'll n- nest in these like deep labyrinths within the talus. Um,
3: T-A-L-U-S? Yeah. Piles of broken rock. It, yeah. It's like sounds like the new album from a rock band. Hi, we're Talus. <laughs> new <laughs> album, piles of broken rock.
2: <laughs> That's just how our music sounds. Yeah. And I, would
0: listen to that. Um, or they'll live in meadows or steppe um environments, and they'll step construct it. their in their own burrows. Listen, I can hear my enunciation. I'm going to work on it. Um, so yeah, so either they're in these like piles of broken rock, or they're gonna live in meadows. Some collared pikas uh, will live up in Alaska or northern Canada, and they'll they've been found in nunataks, which are like crags or peaks uh, surrounded
2: by glaciers. So that's anything cool. where they can kind of like, get into the little cracks of it.
0: You know, that's where um, they like to be.
2: Sidebar. Yeah, you said crag. Do you yeah. remember the agro-crag? Oh, hell yeah. From yeah. Guts. Guts. Oh, oh, my gosh. So my gosh. I wanted to be on that show
3: so badly. Oh, yeah. I still do. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, Can they we bring, bring back Guts? That, right?
0: They're reviving everything I else. Oh, Netflix
3: should do that. All right. So where was I? Um, I'm so sorry. You were at Crags. Yeah, I know. Um,
0: <laughs> what is the difference Guts. between these, these um, talus dwellers, if you will, these rock ones, or the ones that live in meadows? Turns out they're, like, almost entirely different species, like, they're really different. Oh. So if rock, um, the way I, I put this in my notes is probably not the best way I did it. So bear with me, Okay, but that's every episode. Bear with me. So rock dwelling pikas can live seven years up to seven years. They're okay. long lived. Guess how long burrowing ones or ones that live in meadows live. 28 or three. 28 is 28 or three is Maggie, Steve.
3: So the so the rock dwelling ones are seven years? long lived up to 7 years. So that so implies that the other ones are not long lived. Yeah. Uh, which is well thing Maggie's is
0: three. So less than a year. They Whoa. usually live less than a year. Oh, are these the same species? Right. The rock dwelling ones usually have stable populations over time, pretty low densities, whereas the burrowings their populations fluctuate drastically mm. and sometimes they can change up to like 30 It says 30 or more times as dense, which I don't really know what that sentence means. But I think but it just population means
3: population like, is 30, 30 times, times as dense it, yeah. or more.
0: Or mm-hmm. or it can be less. So like it, flu- right. it fluctuates a but lot. But that's
2: so. the average I would guess. Yeah,
3: that's yeah. a lot.
0: So the rock dwelling ones, the ones that live a longer time, usually will have two litters per year and usually from those litters only they'll usually only wean one successfully so they'll only have like one baby a year essentially Interesting. And they usually only have that second litter if they weaned the first one successfully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meanwhile the burrows burrowing uh pikas get down and dirty they have multiple large litters each season. Um, for example, the steppe pica has been reported to have as many thir- as 13 young in one litter oh, and breeds up to five times in a year. Oh, dear so God. So if it was having the max amount of babies and breeding that much, it would have 65 babies in a year. Wow. So completely different yeah Yeah. um the rock dwelling ones are pretty asocial they only see their neighbors one to two times a day they do great with the coronavirus yeah
3: that's good Um, advice (laughs) Be like a rock dwelling pika
0: yes that is if there's anything to take away it's become a rock dwelling pika uh, the burrowing ones, on the other hand, live in large uh, family groups. They, uh social encounters are numerous. They groom each other. They rub each other's noses. They sit together. They don't know what social distancing the is. The
2: exact opposite of what we should all be doing right now. <laughs> Do, Do not-, not
3: be a burrowing biker. Yeah, I'm not going to rub noses with either of you before <laughs> you. no, no, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why
0: um and they used to also communicate differently for the most part rock dwelling pikas don't really talk a lot they make short little calls that <clears throat> were uh typed out as ink or ee mm-hmm. ink,
1: ink. ink ink ee
0: whereas the uh burrowing ones have a much larger vocal repertoire but isn't that crazy they're like this, they're the same species Sorry. they're pikas but they're like yeah. completely different like one's an r species and one's a k species basically they're active during the day like i said um except there's one <laughs> species that's not and you know what one it is because it's called the nocturnal step pikas oh, so okay. cool. they're cool. just like this is easier let's yeah. just let's <laughs> we'll just put in a lot of name.
3: competition with all these other guys uh,
0: they're very ha- they're very uh well adapted to living in the cold because they live in alpine or boreal environments and they can't tolerate heat and you know what me neither mm.
3: yeah
0: um and they don't hibernate which I don't know why Whoa. you would think that they did. Oh, did well, you, did why? You because think? they
3: live in the mountains. Well, they don't want to. Yeah, but I mean, where do they find food in the winter? Oh, we're getting there. Oh, here comes a villainy. <laughs>
0: so, what do they eat? So, these guys are, for the most part, generalized herbivores. So, they'll eat any kind of like grasses and shrubs and stuff. However, when there is snow cover, which there very often is based on where they live, they construct caches, so little storage oh. units of vegetation. Oh. They're thieves, Um, aren't they? Just wait, Maggie. Um, And they call these hay piles, which seems like really on point. But
1: Hey, now.
0: So if you want to kill some time or just have a really great time, just watch videos of pikas collecting food. There's like lots of nature documentaries where they do fun little montages of pikas just coming back with like flowers in their mouth. And it's super cute. (laughs) But speaking of these caches or or, uh, hay piles, my favorite... The collared pikas so i learned about the collared pikas and what they do on uh, an episode of north america which is a show on discovery that was um
2: narrated by tom Selleck. narrated by tom Selleck. Yes. do you know this yes. did i tell you this already no i just i have it you on seen, dvd oh
0: my god it's so but good i fucking love tom Selleck. oh it's so good but so the collared pikas will eat bird brains
1: what? Yeah. <laughs> so this is How what happened. How did get
0: them? <laughs> so on, and this is Tom. This is mainly like taken from Tom zellick I mean, he <laughs> didn't do the research, but <laughs> I hope he
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> he was
0: like, "This is the one thing I'm really interested about." <laughs> he said, "On stormy nights, birds will get flown off of their migration routes." And then they'll die in these ice fields near oh. where the pikas live. Really? Pikas will collect the bodies of the birds, store them in their caches or their hay piles, which are now bird piles. And then when they're hungry, they will dig the back up because they're, they're hidden in their little piles. And then they pierce the head with their teeth and they eat the brains of the
2: birds. Just the brains. Just the brains. Okay, right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> My mind just flashed to, like, a couple of pikas just hanging out in their rock pile, and, like, they see a storm rolling in, and they're like, Tonight we feast, men. <laughs> it's exactly what happened.
3: It's kind of like where everyone went grocery shopping and was just getting, like, canned vegetables. They're just storing right. bird brains.
0: They're, yeah, and, oh you know, God. it's a real dick move what some people are doing out there, taking yeah. all the toilet paper. It's just like that, but bird yeah. brains. I didn't did store any
3: bird brains <laughs> for, for coronavirus. I think I bought an extra
0: yeah. bird brain, which is a box of pasta. That was it.
3: About... You can have about one pika serving.
0: One pika serving? Oh my god! But yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow,
3: that's insane. I did not expect that at all. If you,
0: that was a t- plot twist. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, I'm here to keep you all on the edge of your seats. But it's yeah, like
3: super cute animals <laughs> well, you like, If you watch just it, chowing down a bird brain.
0: They have that clip brains. on YouTube, so just search like pika North America Tom Selleck, and it'll come up. It's like a minute and a oh, half, and the way it's edited is beautiful. But it ends with the pika just sitting there, looking really cute, and then licking its lips.
3: Can you imagine Pikachu eating Pidgey's brains? Oh,
0: God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. The stuff of childhood nightmares. All right. So, um, what about their conservation? Most of them, uh, I don't know if I said this. So, they live on the Tibetan Plateau, and they're they're often considered pests. I think there's a lot of the... um, the burrowing ones, so where there's a lot of them. People thought that they reduced forage for livestock and damaged the grasslands, which, surprise, it's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of that, the Chinese government had spent money to basically poison really great expanses of land to poison all the pikas. And then they're like, wait, that's a bad idea. Turns out they're actually a keystone species for the region. So four of the Asian pika um, species are listed as endangered. Yeah. So a lot of the species are doing okay but things like this where they're ill-informed there's not enough knowledge or research around um what the pikas are doing and how they involve are interacting with the environment there's a uh, not too much information hmm. now on to pikas here in north america so uh i'm gonna read off of bio- biologicaldiversity.org because i literally found this as like steve got here and it gets very exciting very quickly Just wait. One thing that's affecting a lot of pikas is climate change, because rising temperatures threaten pikas by shortening the period available for them to gather food, changing the types of plants in the alpine meadows where they feed, shrinking the size of alpine meadows, and reducing insulating snowpack that protects them from cold snaps in the winter. Most directly, warming can also cause the animals to die from overheating, because remember, they're really sensitive to the heat. Mm -hmm. So, they are protected under the Endangered Species Act, the ones in North America. Um, But the best (laughs) is that not cool just good Mm -hmm. there is I don't want to read more just directly from this website but they created a game for the for uh, an an app called Pika's vs. Trump (gasps) and I downloaded it as I went to get the pizza and I (laughs) haven't actually played it yet but it looks absolutely amazing (laughs) because they have armor and I I wish I had played it more and discovered this yesterday (laughs) But it's basically, like, I think it's part of, like, a campaign to get them uh, protected on a federal level. Is this hosted by, like, All-National uh, Park Service It's something? hosted by Bi- a Biological Diversity, Center for Biological Diversity. Oh, wow. That's, That's great. so cool. Uh, I did not know they were in the app, the but app like,
3: game. What, the game app in game. The, in the biz? In the biz.
0: First of <laughs> all, look at, don't look at how messy my phone is organized, but look at the icon in the lower left-right-hand corner.
3: He's got armor bird. on. Oh, do you see him? A little oh, right. Pika hand. armor.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: And then when you open it to play, it's... Oh, wait. It, there's an animated Trump walking uh-huh. around saying climate change is a hoax. Oh,
3: oh my gosh. I'm going to play this game. <laughs> this
0: guy looks like it's so much fun. I haven't actually played amazing. it. This looks amazing. But I've got to say, the quality is higher than, like, oh, see, like, you can do different things as Pikas, apparently. Oh, oh my cool. gosh. Everybody, so, say the app again. If It's called Pikas vs. Trump i'm downloading um,
2: it yeah everyone download it while you're stuck at home i was gonna say yes. you've got nothing
0: Self-isolation. else to do it looks so like so much fun and i wish i had found this yesterday so i could dive into it a little bit deeper but now you can do your own research and look at how you can help save pikas from trump <laughs> that's amazing wow. and that is the pika Thank you, Ashley. You're wow. That was
3: amazing, well done. Amazing. Thank you. I that wish I had everywhere. got gotten more into the stuff at the end, but I got. No, this is but perfect. There was, you know, villainy. There is an app involved. I mean, it had everything. You've I left really just enough for the audience to now. want to go
2: learn more, which is oh what we mind. want in the first place. All right. Woo! Thanks, Ooh, Ashley. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Who's next? I think Steve is going to go next. Am I next? Yeah. We'll, oh, oh, this is so exciting. We'll sandwich oh him gosh. in a manner of speaking. Yeah.
3: Mm-mm-mm. So we get to so, my animal is not, I guess, cute, like the pika. It's probably very, very different from the pika.
0: Very few animals are as cute and as I'm, the pika.
3: I'm gonna do my clues in a little bit different way. Oh, do you? This animal, I have had two very memorable interactions with. Oh, okay. so I'm gonna start by describing those interactions. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And if you guess what it is at at you know, at any, any point, I yeah, oh, will um, say it. And and by the by the second interaction, you should know what it is if you know what this animal is. Maybe.
2: Okay. All right. So the
3: first one I was in this was probably a number of years ago. I was in Old Town Alexandria.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. Local. And I was
3: walking down King Street, mm-hmm. and in a planter, there was a large number of this animal.
0: If it's rats, I'm gonna be so mad. Nope.
3: Nope. Large. Not
2: rats. Large number. Maybe of
3: like twenty-ish.
2: Twenty. And they were flying around. So it's got to be like. It's not bats or a bird or uh, or an insect of sorts
3: they were flying around in a planter
2: okay still could be okay. any it's of an insect it's bird or bat
3: and as I got closer they started flying at me well he's not doing bees nope I'm not that was my, <laughs> that's
0: my only thought
3: and so and Did so this I'll, we'll get a little so we'll, we'll move on so flying, that's kind of the, that's okay, maybe the first yeah, I could fly, tell a few more details 20, but that's the first interaction I had and that's when I kind of flew
0: at him and, and th- th- th-
3: but I was fine. I didn't I didn't get mosquitoes. There was no there was no injury or anything.
0: Cicadas. Oh.
3: Interesting. Interesting. So the 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 the, the you Latin can't tell name. Tell me if I'm right. The Latin name of this animal is uh, specius speciosus, which also sounds like a spell.
0: Specific species. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly <laughs> what species it sounds.
3: Specius speciosus. Specific specialness, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Is that
0: just like your little uh, editorializing? Maybe.
3: What's your second interaction? So the second interaction, I was in my backyard, and I saw a cicada. Uh So it's not cicadas. But then I saw that the cicada was moving. And I looked closer, and I saw that the cicada was being moved by something else.
0: Are they ants? Wasps? And
3: there was... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> the face he just made with his pointer finger.
3: So yes, there was a wasp that was pulling a cicada across the ground.
2: Oh fuck! Are you gonna tell us about the wasp that like injects its prey with its own
3: egg? The
0: like parasitic one?
3: Yes, <sighs> absolutely. This is a wasp. Yeah! So... This is a wasp that is called the cicada killer.
0: <gasps> oh fuck! Or the... oh, I was like like yeah, half right. Yeah. Yeah, we were like there. Yeah, pretty.
3: And it is also known as a cicada hawk. I think cicada killer is more common in this area. Okay. And the Latin name I said is specius speciosis. I don't know it's what the deal with that is. special species um, killer. But yes, the cicada hawk is, is a parasitic wasp that its life cycle involves killing cicadas. Mm-hmm. Multiple cicadas, actually, Damn. often. And and that's where uh, that's where it lays its eggs. And that's what the larvae feed upon Shit. until their life cycle. Right, so, I already
0: have a question. Yeah, please, so, please. You know, you're not, I know you're not doing cicadas, so you don't have to have this answer, but yeah. don't like cicadas. Certain species only, like, reproduce, like, every 17, 17 years.
3: Yeah, but there's lots of different species, yeah. so they have them every year. Okay, so right? we, okay. okay. So there's always some kind of uh, brood of cicada every there's year. There's always
0: something to kill.
3: And these, these so interesting thing about, let's just maybe get right into the life cycle, and then I'll get more specific sure, sure. into a couple of the stories, because they're pretty it. interesting stories. But the life cycle is um, the, the females are the ones that kill the cicadas.
2: Yes. Oh, um, I've yep. heard this.
3: The males don't
0: this is just coming off of international so women's a, day and i feel the power when a
3: cicada when a cicada killer emerges when it's a female she will first feed she feeds mostly on just sap nectar and sap okay. but she will at some point it's normally a little bit later in the year start finding cicadas and killing them Blood she bust. actually she actually stings them to paralyze them
0: <laughs>
3: and then she will drag them back to her burrow often she will Fly with them back to the burrow, which is <gasps> really amazing because the cicada killer—it's actually how when you see them—they're—they're they're about two inches. They're a big wasp. They're—they're they're actually, I think, all
0: right. But how big one is a cicada. The,
3: up to twice the weight, Fuck so she can actually bread. carry two times as much weight. She's but, a badass. But we'll, we'll learn later. There's some complications to that. The female will carry a cicada back into the burrow. The—the the burrow that they dig, um, I guess will well uh, i my details are a little bit fuzzy here cuz it's mostly about personal experience in this Our case ge- Our but details my understanding are always fuzzy, so is no that worries. sometimes multiple females will share the same burrow but within the burrow there will be multiple nesting chambers so Ooh. they'll build multiple nesting so chambers so it's like a brothel it's like a three bedroom yeah yeah, or, yeah no it's like a bedroom
0: apartment in dc brothel what Yeah. The some, <laughs> same same thing whatever
3: <laughs> And they have a series of nesting chambers. They'll bring a cicada into the nesting chamber and then they'll lay an egg. Actually, this is kind of interesting. The males only get one cicada, but the females will get two or three. <laughs> and because the females are two or three times larger than the males. But yeah. So they'll lay a single egg on the cicada and then they will bury it. Mm-hmm. And then in about two days, the egg hatches mm-hmm. and the larva will start consuming the cicada to get full size. And then when the larva reaches full size and goes into a cocoon state it will overwinter as a cocoon underground ooh at this time in the winter all the all the uh, adults die off so this sure. is a single a single generation insect yeah. there's no adults that overwinter but then in the spring again all the new ones will will emerge and and the process starts over again. And the next process that I, I didn't talk about is is the mating ritual. Uh, and so what I ran so across for. in in Old Town Alexandria was was and I, I have oh. a good quote here. Um, yes. I have to find it. Um, From yourself? Uh, the males are more often seen in groups, vigorously challenging one another for position on the breeding aggregation.
1: Ooh, a breeding <laughs> aggregation. Yes. yes. Right. So, so so
3: when the when the males emerge, they'll hang out near where they're born, and they will they will compete to try to like take over territory because then the females will show up there and that's what that will mate. And,
2: i just love how men are always fighting over females and mm-hmm. they're like i want to have sex yeah. no i do no yeah. it's my it's turn you know so, so
3: when i walked i didn't really know oh, what okay. a cicada was but when i walked upon this there was these giant really big wasps they're like the biggest wasps you'll see in north america basically um i think only there's a wasp that's actually an uh, uh an invasive that's a European wasp that's a little bit bigger, but they're big, they're big, they're yellow, they're stripy, they look mean and scary, and I walked upon them, and they were, like, flying around like crazy and attacking each other, and they were, like, flying at me, and I'm like, oh, shit, what is this?
0: They're like that Pokemon. Which one? The one that looks like a wasp.
3: Oh, yeah, which one is, what I don't is that? Know. oh,
0: shit. Listen, we're know. making Pokemon references. It yep. needs to be said.
3: Yeah, look it up and chime in.
0: Google break, uh. Pokemon, wasp. It is called bee
3: Oh yeah, bee They're very similar to a bee drill. They look just like bee um And they I'm were guessing. they were flying at me. Um, oh, and actually, I have it's
0: so much scarier now that I've seen this. I
3: have, of I have a video of that time that I saw them,
2: Ooh. which you'll be able
3: to see probably at thewateringholepod.com if you look at the post for the, for or, this thing or Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. I can send you this as well. So okay. here is. Here's a little yeah, montage everywhere. of of whoa, some look males. That
2: fucker. Holy, mo- whoa! And this is like a quick Bulls little montage of some
3: little of male uh, cicada killers doing their thing. Oh, so
2: they're lot scarier but, looking than I expected. They look
3: very scary, and so they're then very I, thick. Yeah, That's like what she imagine said. if
0: you stepped on it, how gooey it would be. Yeah,
3: they're they're you know they're like two also inches long and like uh, they're
0: pulsating. Yeah,
3: also what she <laughs> said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all in a row.
3: So anyway, um. The.
0: <laughs> also, what she said.
3: Jesus, um, yeah. shut up. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I I didn't know what they were, so I was like, oh, this is crazy. Let me like. Were you s- scared? I, a little bit of. of those things coming. I was at a little you? bit nervous, but I'm not
0: scared of wasp or bees, but I'd but, be like, fuck.
3: As you guys know, I'm a beekeeper. True. And then, and when you're a beekeeper, you learn about other you learn how to bee-like them. animals, mm-hmm. right? You learn to speak their language. Yes. You learn how Aww. to send them faxes. <laughs> you just everything.
0: <laughs> you were talking bees. You're you just like buzz, 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 but, buzz, 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 buzz.
3: No, what I immediately did is I went a block away and I started googling. What the hell what is hell this thing? Like? Big <laughs> like uh, ass wasp. What is it? What is it? And then finally I finally was like a cicada killer. And what I learned is that the males have no stinger, and the males are completely harmless. What, cool. And, the, and when they're when they look like they're attacking you they're actually just trying to check out if you're a female or not
0: <laughs> And then they're, like, no, then they're like no no well we heard she's bigger than us <laughs> yeah
3: so anything that gets close to them when they're flying around their breeding aggregation they gotta check it out okay. so if Fair. you see that that's that's totally fine they're completely harmless they don't they, they cannot hurt you whatsoever All right. they disclaimer. look super intimidating mm-hmm. um, but they are absolutely not cool. getting to as far as uh, the, the, the female uh-huh. she does have a stinger. But mm-hmm. she uses her stinger solely for stinging cicadas. Oh, It is wow. not a defensive mechanism whatsoever. Awesome. And I guess that there have been a few cases where a human has been stung, probably when they're trying to handle one. Mm-hmm. But they say that the sting feels like a print brick. But
0: they were just very, like, cicada-looking people. Maybe, maybe. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And they, got, yeah. they got stung accidentally. Yeah, if you look
3: like a cicada, back Stay away. away. Stay
0: away. C- Stay inside.
3: So a couple of years later when I saw this female cicada killer in my yard, I was like, oh, I know that they're harmless. Oh. Let me observe this. What uh-huh. is happening with sure, cicada?" Sure. So I saw her starting to pull this cicada, and I saw that she was trying to climb this pile of brush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's trying to climb. Oh, she's trying to get more height to fly away, right? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. So I took a big stick that's maybe about, like, eight feet tall, mm-hmm. and I, like held it up and I put it in front of her so she could start climbing up up it and I was mm-hmm. like oh this is cool help she's climbing out. it up I'm gonna help her so uh-uh. then I like propped it up and then I like got it so it was propped up in the middle of my yard and I took a few steps back so I could film her flying away. I'm like, I'm gonna film this magical moment of her flying away feel like with if cicada. I'm I like
2: such suspense right And now. she got to
3: the very, very tippy top of the stick and then she flew right at me. Oh, and no. landed on my chest. And I was like,
2: "Wow!" Ah! That's not
0: what
1: I was doing! <laughs> I know you're harmless, <laughs> but
3: <laughs> And I was like, okay, oh, what, 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 what happened there? Oh. Um, and I was like, well, clearly she didn't have enough height because she lost, she lost altitude very quickly. Yeah. And so then I was There's felt really bad. Yeah, a... yeah, and the the thing was twice as big as her and I didn't really realize I didn't read this before that it's it's hard for her to fly with the cicada it's because heavy. it's so heavy. But I was like I need to keep helping her and I felt bad because she got separated from <laughs> I her need cicada. To keep helping her. She got separated from her cicada and yeah. she was like looking around for it on the ground and I was like oh that feels bad so okay I put the cicada back in front of her and she's like oh cool cicada and she grabbed it again and she started trying to find something to climb up again and I was like okay this time what I'm going to do is I'm going to get her on the stick and then before she finishes climbing, I'm going to move her over to this fence post that's much, much higher, maybe like 15 mm-hmm. feet tall. And then, then I'm going to get this magical shot of her flying off into the distance. So
0: it was all for the shot. It wasn't yeah. really well, to help out. help her, but, I, yeah. you know, it, it. would cool. I get it.
3: So I I took this big stick that she was actively climbing up, and I, like, ran over to this other fence post, and I, like, put the end of the stick on the fence post so when she got to the end she could keep crawling up more and more. So she started crawling up more and more, and then she got to the very tippy-top of that, and I was like, all right, I'm going to Get the shot of her flying away, and she got to the very edge, and then she flew directly at me. (laughs) Jesus! (laughs) And I was like, "What?" (laughs) Uh, Fool me once. But what I realized, and this totally makes sense. and I I didn't read this anywhere, but probably someone has some research on this, but what I think she was doing is she's climbing to as high as she can, and then she's aiming for the next tallest thing she can see to get higher, and I was always the next tallest thing. (laughs) And so I took the stick, got her on it again, and ran over to my big tall maple tree and got her on that and then she just hauled butt up until i couldn't see her anymore and oh. i assume once she got at the top of that she had enough height that she could hopefully fly to her mm-hmm. burrow and bury the cicada and Amazing. plant the seed wow so
0: quite the epic story
3: yeah so that was interesting. but, really nice but i do have another moving. picture of that cicada killer Ooh. that i saw with the your lady friend uh yeah so this is this is her <laughs> with it's her her catch
2: whoa that's actually super cool and a good Here cap. she
3: is. She's hanging oh, off off my deck with the, with a cicada in it's hand. Huge. Yeah, and you can see how much bigger the cicada is than her. But she's also quite big. Really amazing that this insect can like carry. Insects such a large are thing. so
2: powerful. They're yeah. so strong. I mean, it's much stronger than we are.
3: So it's let me just insane. quickly look through my notes and see if there's anything I missed. Okay. okay. Um, the, oh the one thing that I just want to make clear when we get to conservation status, they are not endangered. Mm-hmm. They okay. live in a suburban setting. They live in lots of different settings. Mm. But the main point is. Just because you see a scary-looking wasp mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to kill it. Yep. In it's fact, great. you should never kill it if you don't have to, mm-hmm. even if it is one that can sting. But cicada killers, very intimidating-looking, probably the most intimidating-looking wasp mm-hmm. in North America oh. are completely harmless. Yeah. Even the females that have a stinger, they can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. So if you see it, don't mess with them. If you see any kind of insect like that, first Google it, see what its deal it is. Yeah. If, it, if it actually can if you actually just avoid it, it's the best. Yeah. Most of the, the wasps... In in North America, even if they are stinging wasps, as long as you can avoid them, they're going to be fine. Yeah. So, but this one in particular, it looks scary, but don't don't kill them because they're completely harmless and or they're super cool.
0: Spend thirty minutes with it. Keep trying to help it fly away. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: probably more like and an hour.
1: You go, All right. Well. carla's
2: inside, like, what is he doing yeah. this time? Yeah, <laughs> we totally, gotta go. We have totally. reservations.
1: <laughs>
0: come on yeah
3: i think that's everything i got i got i think well i got done. all the notes that's it
0: i like how steve was like i'm not doing bees and he did a wasp <laughs> like okay steve
3: Yep,
2: i know. <laughs> can't get far away from it it was great though uh, so i i have a question what what is this wasp's purpose in the food chain or in <clears throat> the ecosystem a, do, do we know yeah
3: i don't know i mean that's a good question i mean purpose is an interesting question when it comes to nature right um i What's think your purpose yeah Manny? I have none.
0: Oh, good. I mean, there is
3: all this, like, extra biomass for cicadas. And so they found a niche, I think, to use that biomass to keep their population going. And it's a good way to, like, store energy underground so a larva can feed on it and Mm -hmm. doesn't have to compete with other larva. Like, you know, caterpillars, for example, have to, like, eat leaves and stuff and compete with others. But these Mm -hmm. guys just get to be born and just chow down until it's time to pupate. And, uh so you know and and it's interesting that the the cyclical (laughs) um cycle of the cicada and the cyclical cycle of the cicada killer is really interesting Mm -hmm. they they have this like they both have these cycles that that you know depend on each other kind of work in tandem yeah Yeah. follow-up question then
0: so are these guys only found in this area, or are they found in other areas?
3: That's a good question that I don't know the answer okay. to. I do know that there's a there's a, at least a, a, somewhere on Wiki it said other cicada killing wasps, yeah. but the cicada killer is a North American thing. I think it's a Eastern U.S. thing. Gotcha. I mean, yes. there's similar wasps in the world that mm-hmm. there's one that do the similar thing with tarantulas, which are even mm-hmm. a lot more hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different wasps, these parasitic wasps that will paralyze an insect and lay their egg in the insect but this is one that's in our area and that i've had personal interaction with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i think there's you know different wasps that have find the the whatever biomass they need to do but this one's cool and cicadas are are big and there's lots of them and Mm -hmm. i guess probably in some years when you have like a big brood there's years they say every now and then there's like a huge cicada brood Right, right probably the cicada killers do a lot better and they can the next season of those there might be a lot more we got
0: lots of cicada
2: killers on
3: wikipedia there's a picture of like someone's yard who was infested with cicada killers and you could see these little like brown patches in the lawn where like there was the burrows for a bunch Uh of them so I think there's cases where if there's a lot of cicadas and the right attributes they can be a lot of them but even then they're not gonna hurt you. No. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't care. I, well, I don't. I not really care about my lawn. Landscaping, but Whatever. I don't care about lawns. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. They're they're cool. A cool bug.
0: Very cool. Neat. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, that was Steve. a good one. I liked it. Secto
3: Patronum. Yes.
2: Throwback.
0: We'll just do, we'll just keep naming the episodes the same thing. <laughs> it's fine.
2: <laughs> or different spells.
0: Ooh. Only spells. Only animal themed spells. Uh,
2: if you're listening, you can go to thewateringholepod.com and check out our blog post on where we get our titles to our episodes and we've included a lot of fun ones
0: lots of fun ones lots of ones that got you know rejected because we can only have one title and like goat optomisers
2: stupid shit yeah, so. yeah
3: that would have been a good name episode my favorite episode name that should have been yeah. was um <laughs> buttery old men when you were talking about the bintang gore
2: <laughs> give up on this bin, bin, bin this
3: one
0: buttery old men <laughs> 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 completely out of just context. for steve I love it good. Anyway, it was a good
3: one it was
2: a good one I think
3: it's time for maggie's animal and where's there's more wine there is
2: there's another bottle of wine why don't we take a quick pause we can open that okay. One. So my animal, uh, the hints that I've come up with, I think, are very easy for you guys. So are you sure? I'm you actually. You thought
0: porcupine was probably going to be easy. I'm pretty I... positive
2: this is going to be an easy one because of where we've all worked. Oh, there's right. there's your first hint. Wow. Mm. Narrows it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. This open. is.
3: Beluga. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just take a minute, guys. <laughs> okay. This is the only mammal wholly covered in scales. Pangolin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nah. Steve looked so. at me
0: like, you can have this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
2: Steve. He's like,
0: you get the very, very rare is it that you get this right.
2: So <laughs> if you guys it. didn't hear, it is the pangolin. <laughs> I've chosen to do... This miniature anteater-looking thing, oh. although it's more closely related to bears, cats, and dogs mm. than it is to anteaters mm. or barks or any of those things. Oh, really?
3: Bears? Yeah. Wow.
2: Okay. Is Indeed.
0: It carnivora.
2: It is. <gasps> really? Oh yeah, they eat like bugs and shit. Yeah. In Wait. fact, they do.
0: Can I guess the order? Do
2: you I have didn't. The order? You know, I never ever researched that, but you can ask me, and I'll Google it.
0: Is it full of data? P H O L I D A T A.
3: Maggie is googling the answer. She put down the microphone.
0: It is indeed. I remembered it from college. So spot on. I mean, it's very rare, so I felt like I I probably just really latched onto that one. All right, continue though. That's all I know.
2: (laughs) The pangolin is about the size of an armadillo. It's also the the color of an armadillo, like a brownish gray or uh, brown. Wait, wait. I said brownish gray <laughs> or brown. a brownish
3: gray brown. <laughs> You're brownish
2: gray or brown. So, so I had a typo in my gray. notes,
3: and I was like, I don't know what word I was trying to go
2: for there. So let's go with brown. <laughs> it's actually Beige? olive, olive. Oh, oh okay. <gasps> brownish gray or olive colored. Oh, okay. And they actually have scales, as opposed to like. If you're envisioning an armadillo, they're more like armored. The scales overlap kind of like artichoke leaves. They look mm-hmm. just like it, actually.
3: They also look a lot like the Pokemon Sand-tru. Yeah,
2: They do. They do. This That's where. Just to tie in the Pokemon <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Sandshrew is, where, uh, is, is inspired by a pangolin. pangolin. Yeah. yeah. Sandshrew is also all like all right. my um, The scales grow like hairs, and they are made of keratin. Exactly, <laughs> Ashley. Now we can give other examples other than
0: just rhinos. Rhinos. We have one. What was it? What was it? Porcupine quills. Oh, we're made of keratin. And we were like trying to give examples, and we all we could think of was rhino horns. I know.
2: Now we have three things. Uh, Also, human fingernails. So, pangolins, they're super cute uh, with these scales. Their bellies are just made of like little hairy. I mean, it's just little fuzzies, kind of like an armadillo. Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Made of little fuzzies? They have a fuzzy tummy. <laughs>
1: they have a
2: fuzzy
0: tummy. <laughs> is that what you were trying to say? It was, indeed. So um, the, so, the, so, their stomach isn't armored. Their
2: stomach is vulnerable. Their stomach is vulnerable. So, um, I mean, we might as well jump ahead. The cool thing about being protected by these scales is that when a pangolin is threatened, they curl up into a tight ball, and even a lion cannot break through their scales.
0: Just like a sand shrew. Tru-
2: there are... Uh, videos of this online. So if you want to go ahead and Google Break Yourselves, audience, feel free. Fun fact, they have no teeth. Oh! Which is funny because Ashley mentioned that they are carnivores. So what do they do instead? They have... Long sticky tongues, mm-hmm. long ass sticky tongues. So they're very
0: ant eater like,
2: which can grow longer than the entire length of their body. Oh worked. shit!
0: Where does it go?
2: I'll tell you. So
1: it
0: go? <laughs> their, their tongue. tongue? <laughs> had to hold like just you had to hold your tongue in your mouth, but it was like
2: five feet long. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to talk. Is that really why they do big don't talk. Yeah. So their tongues attach at their pelvis right below their last set of ribs. Whoa. And when their tongue retracts, it goes into a sheath in their chest cavity.
3: Whoa. (laughs) How
2: cool is that?
3: What if humans had tongue sheaths?
0: Oh my, could you imagine? (laughs) That's terrifying.
2: It is, it is. I just don't, I don't know.
0: I have a really short tongue. We've talked about this. We've talked
3: about this. We don't need to talk about it again. (laughs) As a She's listener, like too much. To.
1: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> oh god! All right.
3: Your prehensile <laughs> lips and your short tongue—I don't need to hear anymore about
1: hairy hobbit feet,
0: my fuzzy dummy. Fuzzy <laughs> All right, Maggie. So anyway, the Pangolin. um Go back to the tongue that attaches to the pelvis. Uh, the tongue
3: sheath, the pelvis. Sheath I don't know how we broke sheath. away from
2: that. <laughs> that might be it. Pelvis tongue. Pelvis tongue.
3: <laughs> And we have a snort, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Are you going to be able to finish this animal? Yes.
2: Okay. Don't. No I don't yelling. Have a ton of info, so it's going to go faster. Than... No, you're doing great. Okay, so introduced us to um, tongue sheets. They're they're because they don't have teeth. Their stomach is actually lined with keratin spikes that allow them to grind and mash their food. What? Oh my god! Grind so and mash got, them, put them in a stew. They got
3: keratin inside.
2: That's and outside.
0: How hard are their stomachs?
2: probably really hard
0: okay wow
3: Captain, you don't have the man, you don't have the numbers on that it's full of keratin yeah that's yeah that's crazy it's Which... like having fingernails inside your stomach stop
0: see <laughs> 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 pedal back anxiety. pedal back on that one no 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 we don't need to think about that oh
3: my god okay,
0: okay. so a little bit more about what their... if you... what <laughs> when you threw up you'd throw up like hangnails <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, yep. continue. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Uh, they're active mostly at night. So uh, mostly they're not, no. they're not hanging out with the pika. They're not. They have very poor eyesight, but good senses of smell. They're typically found on the ground. Some of them can climb trees. Hmm. I say some of them. How many species we got? We've got eight. Oh, oh only eight. where are more. they found? Africa and Asia. Correct, Steve. Yeah. Points for you. I
0: think it's important to remember that I got the family name right. Yeah, it's way harder. We're equal in points.
2: Yep. <laughs> so, uh, of the we'll eight the species, uh, we've got. I'm just going to quickly name them: mm-hmm. ground pangolin, mm-hmm. the Chinese, mm-hmm. the black-bellied, mm-hmm. the white-bellied, mm-hmm. the giant, the oh. Sunda, the Philippine, and the Indian. Mm. Mm-hmm. The African species are all sub-Saharan. They're found in tropical forests, thick brush, and even cultivated areas. So they're kind of, mm-hmm. a, they're, you know, they're adaptable. They no. can figure out wherever they live, where, what it works out. for them. Um, of those species, all of the Asian species are critically endangered. Mm. The African are endangered and vulnerable. And we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a little more later. later.
3: Um, it's going to get real depressing. I real like soon. That. Yep.
2: So we don't know how long they live. So we don't have a ton of information about them, surprisingly. Their average lifespan is unknown. They're not often found in captivity because their diets are so unique. They eat ants... Uh, Termites Earthworms So bugs That are kind of hard To to maintain To
0: give in mass Mm -hmm.
2: Exactly That's a lot of bugs How much they need So actually there's a a scale There's a fact I have Later on down here That says like One pangolin can consume 70 million insects in a year Whoa Insane That's a lot We talked about how they Curl up into these tight balls (laughs) When they're threatened By a predator um, to find food, they'll be digging up dirt and mounds of like termites or ants with their sharp front claws. They do have sharp claws, um, and they'll snoot around with their snout. Snoot. Mm. Is that a technical term? That is snoot? exactly Scientific. what I named it. Yep. Snooting. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. What's kind of cool is they can close their nostrils while eating so that <gasps> bugs don't go up their nose. That's convenient.
3: Yeah. Like, I wish I could do
1: okay,
0: that. Okay. So <laughs> I. I've.
2: I, I've. <sighs> here we go here we go no
0: i've gone to the th- the place of thinking of them as ant eaters but they're not their mouths mm-hmm. aren't long no so, like ant eaters have like basically long like snouts. straw mouths yeah but these guys have little short mouths
2: mm-hmm. yeah more like an armadillo yeah.
0: i was like why do they have to close their nostrils it's so away, far away from their mouth but that's mm-hmm. but it's not no, i've right not right been paying there, attention yeah. i'm so sorry
2: so, they live in burrows that they will dig. The burrows have multiple chambers. Mm-hmm. Some of these chambers, okay, I don't think I, I touched on how big they are.
3: How big are they?
2: So, pangolins are like four to 72 pounds. That, yeah, I didn't realize that's a big discrepancy, but you, we got to be talking about Whoa. like.
3: The, I didn't realize it was so yeah. large of a, of a.
2: Yeah. Wow. Di- that's four to 72? 70, that's because you got the small ones, like yeah. the black belly versus the giant. Um, a lot. They're also 45 inches to 4.5 feet in size. They dig these burrows, mm-hmm. and some of these burrows are big enough for humans to fit in. Oh, cool. How cool is that? I want to live in a
3: pangolin burrow. I
2: kind of do, too. Yeah. Some species also sleep in the hollows of trees. One, the black-bellied pangolin, if I'm recalling correctly, is actually one that's more arboreal than the rest. Otherwise, they're found on the ground. And it's little. And, it's yep, a little littler, one. Littler. They have really long, cool, scaly tails. Oh. Other direction. Oh,
0: yeah. oh well, that probably helps them in trees and stuff. A little bit for the balance, helps yeah. climbing.
3: Are they pre No.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, no. Just um, regular hensile.
3: Regular hensile. Regular <laughs> hensile.
2: Post-hensile. <laughs> you know. What's kind of cool, I mentioned they live in burrows. In Chinese legend, pangolins are said to use their burrows to travel all around the world underground. <gasps>
3: Ooh. Uh, like Bugs Bunny. Y-
2: yeah, exactly. Is that all
0: Bugs, like like Bugs does? Just like Bugs
3: yeah. Yeah. Bunny. You know when he takes a wrong turn at Albuquerque and you know
2: we're, we're from different times you're right you're right <laughs> you're i am right.
3: much older than you okay
2: uh so sorry i didn't mean to minimize that <laughs> no, no, you're doing great yep so pangolins are actually very solitary solitary to the extreme oh. the only time that they are found together is when they're mating young Pangolins are born with soft scales Similar to porcupine quills Because otherwise that would be really painful for mama Mm -hmm. The scales harden much faster though About like two days or so Oh wow the babies, I had no idea, will ride around on their mother's Uh-oh. back and or tail Uh-oh. until they've been weaned or about three months. Do they Aww. just like grab onto the scales? Yeah. Like, oh. latch on. Hands. Next time you pick up an artichoke in the grocery store, just imagine it's a pangolin.
3: I'm going to just pretend it's a pangolin. I'm just carrying around <laughs> a baby pangolin. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Everyone will be like, Steve, is Steve okay? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, so now to make it real negative, I mentioned how some of these uh, species are critically endangered. The pangolin is actually the world's most trafficked animal. So more so we, we hear about ivory. We hear about rhino horn more so than that is the pangolin. And that's because in China and Vietnam, those are the primary hotspot countries for these animals to be traded in. In China, Uh, They are consumed for their meat, which is turned into hot pots or some kind of stir fry or stew. Mm -hmm. And it's seen as a luxury uh, meal, right? A status symbol. And then also their scales, because they are made of keratin... Is ground up and used for the same purpose as rhino horn, Damn which is presumed to have medicinal value, which it does not. It has are absolutely we so no. We're so with keratin. We grow it
1: ourselves.
2: We grow it on you our can fucking be fingernails. I for know. Your keratin needs. So uh, what we mean by per- supposed medicinal value is that uh, superstition holds that uh, keratin from exotic animals can cure a hangover, or cure cancer, or Jeez. rheumatism or diabetes like anything it's kind of like the cure-all supposedly but there is zero repeat zero evidence to support that so these these animals are critically endangered since 2013 approximately one million individuals have been trafficked throughout the world to add to that like maybe somebody listening to this is thinking well let's make it illegal like this can't happen it is illegal and they're still being poached illegally in Africa and Asia. Of the the some of the Asian species, the Sunda and Philippine species have dropped by 80% respectively. Holy shit. Critically endangered, right? Uh, and the Indian species has dropped by 50%. So it's it's absolutely appalling. The the reason that I actually wanted to do this animal Mm -hmm. is because of the current events right now. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is presumed to have originated in some kind of open-air animal market, and that's because Asian markets, as well as a lot of farmer's markets in the U.S. or open-air markets in Europe, South America, like they sell eggs and produce. But over in China, they are actually still... Selling animals mm-hmm. Actual live animals yeah. To people and,
3: and wild animals Wild there,
2: right? exotic animals That should not be sold And there's actually A a, a good article Both um, The New York Times And Slate Had some good articles About the COVID-19 And pangolins right now And how wet markets and animal wildlife markets uh, exist and they're not exactly black markets, they're what they call gray markets. And mm-hmm. that's because people don't necessarily know that some of these animals that are being sold are actually illegal and they shouldn't even be buying mm-hmm. them. It it has the, the COVID nineteen is supposedly have a has supposedly originated from one of these markets in bats because the DNA sequencing of this virus has found that it's, it's closely related to certain viruses found in bats that can be transmitted to humans. Mm -hmm. However, there's been a link found that suggests does not confirm suggests that there's been an animal intermediary Mm -hmm. and that is the pangolin. So pangolins are being sold live in Chinese markets And uh, it's it's likely that when animals are kept in such close quarters and they're already carrying their own diseases, like they're going to transmit it to each other Mm -hmm. and then it's transmitted to humans. And, you know, hopefully the world does take a lesson from this that, oh, maybe we should watch what we eat Um, and really crack down on wildlife trade and crack down on wildlife trade, because there are a lot of, like you said, you know. It's it's not being enforced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017 is when that international ban on the sale of pangolins became illegal, and that includes China.
0: Well, I think it's a good example of what you, usually when we talk about wildlife trade, like people are like, well, it doesn't affect me. Like, yeah, it's sad for these animals, but this is a very perfect example of where it does affect us. Like, mm-hmm. wild animals are wild animals, and if they can transmit things to us, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes a really horrible pandemic but i think it's a good way to make it like something that people can be like oh this is a reason why Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. there's obviously plenty of other reasons why wildlife trade needs to be controlled and regulated and and ended for a lot of reasons but this is one that i think is tangible for people
2: and a a quick throwback to the episode that we did on on sharks i think i suggested avoid squalene products in your cosmetics Mm -hmm. like I think an easy thing that we can all do is just start making a habit of looking at the ingredients of products you buy. Squalene is often found in cosmetics. So right. Women can easily turn over their cosmetics and see that this was not tested on animals or does not contain animal products. But maybe all of us can just take a lesson away from this and say, I don't actually want to purchase any product with animal parts in it Mm -hmm. or has not been tested or include animals. So maybe that's just a, a bigger lesson in how we can help these types of, of, Animals. So there are plenty of things that we can do in our daily lives to help similar endangered animals, I think. Mm-hmm. But I thought that the penguins would be a little bit uh, relevant to yeah. the time. And also, I know, Ashley, you and I have talked off the podcast about, like, why shouldn't we do penguins? Pan- we should. Because like, you know. penguins are so awesome. And They're no one so knows. cute.
0: Penguins, again, one of the species that I didn't know exist. And then when I did, I was like, how does this
2: exist right the only scaled mammal you're like wait scales actual
0: scales thing also like can't they walk around on two legs yeah they're mostly two like their front legs
3: are almost like t-rex like yeah
2: like they're just
0: like walk around like holding shit and they're super super cute cute. adorable
2: adorable just go google them Uh, actually just go to savepangolins.org do it because they're they've got a whole eight species thing thread going on and you can see what they all they all look similar but different enough that you're like oh, oh I want to check out the ground pangolin <laughs> and the black belly do you
0: have a favorite from your research ground the eight ground ground pangolin yeah
2: pangolin? okay super cute fair
3: so what Steve yeah one thing just to comment on <laughs> on, on this whole thing about illegal wildlife trade one of the things it's mm. you know I, I we used to all work for the same organization I still work for the organization Environmental Investigation Agency. and the the main thing to talk about is is that international demand Right, when things start to get out of whack is when you have this oversized demand for a thing that does not belong to the space where it is. And now you have pangolins from all over Asia and all over Africa being imported to one place, mm-hmm. being trafficked in one place with a demand that outstrips what nature can handle. Mm-hmm. And that's when things start to go haywire in lots of mm-hmm. different ways. In some ways, it is related to uh, the you know amplification of the danger of a virus that's totally possible in mm-hmm. these kind of trades. But it's that consumer demand so when we're when we're talking about what people can do it's it's really thinking about the things you buy where are those things really from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is that the really the right choice to make
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and, one thousand percent.
3: and where yeah really i think that's the main lesson is think about where the things you ingest come from but also everything you buy where does it mm-hmm. come from because mm-hmm. there's lots of extra ramifications that it's hard to predict until they happen mm-hmm. but making the choices of knowing where things are from is kind of a first step anyway
2: buy local well,
0: i was yeah. gonna say Yeah, that's the easiest way because you can just talk to the farmer's market and be like, oh, where'd you get this? And they're like, it's my cow. And you're like, "Okay, I feel better about this. (laughs) You know the cow's name. I feel better about this. (laughs) For sure. No, I think that's a a great call, not call to action, but something that people can do. Yeah. Even though they're probably not consuming pangolins themselves for anything, knowing where where it comes from,
3: where it's sourced.
2: That kind of mindset permeates guys. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and, you know, beef is great. Beef life. is a great example. Like, if you ever like look at the food you're eating and you're thinking, where did the, where did this come from? I mean, actually, wine's a great example while drinking wine. Oh. Wine always talks about where it comes from, right? Uh,
0: wine is very proud of where right? it comes and from. Right.
3: Why, and why isn't a lot of the food proud of where it comes from? Probably because there's reasons why they're not proud. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, reasons. So that's just the, the thing to start thinking about. And if you're buying something to eat and you don't know where it's from, why don't you know where it's from?
2: And are and, you okay with that? And yeah,
3: and can you make another choice where you do know? Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's starting to be easier, especially if you live in a major city or you yeah. live in a place where you have access to, farmer's market. Mm-hmm. It's a good first step to take. Solid.
0: Awesome. We turned that right around For you Maggie Sure did Thank you Thank you You I was kind of getting down that Like
2: I've had too many to drink And I'm now in a (sighs) sad Sad place Sad I think we're all We're all in the same
3: Uh, Yeah What's the other adjective You were going with Preachy and Yeah Yeah. It's it's very Uh, easy Getting that mark. mm.
2: I think It was a great episode And we're really excited For when the DC Environmental Film Festival Reschedules Likely for the fall of 2020 And we're gonna do Our live event Again with Steve there is a reason we invited him—not just because he's a filmmaker, but because it's going to be real fun in person. It's going to be
1: good.
3: It's going to be good. You should come to that. And also, just to to, to plug, this is going to go on air on, on the website Wednesday, yep. theoretically.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I got edited by Wednesday. I'll yep. just edit that out if I don't make it. Right. by Right. Wednesday.
3: But there's there is uh, going to be. Um, streaming stuff from the environmental film festival this yeah. year even though they're cancer canceled due to the you know issues with COVID 19 also all year round the environmental film festival oh, absolutely in DC, it's, it's dceff.org yeah. they've got they've got stuff you can watch all year round including got-
2: your film and ashley has produced films on there and i've even produced films yeah. on there so it is a, a fantastic organization
3: and so you can watch stuff there year-round you can watch the stuff that they have special screenings during this film festival time when they Mm -hmm. couldn't have the film festival in person Mm -hmm. and then they're working on rescheduling a an event i think for the fall is what they have said but yeah if you're not familiar with the dc environmental festival it's a great organization it's kind of how i got my career started we'll go to that story now but dceff.org it's great check it out perfect
2: Perfect. Awesome. Man, you want to take us out? I think I can try. I don't have it up on my screen, oh, so it's going to be from memory. Oh, Here it's we go. Be so good. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Watering Hole. Tune in next season, gang, or at our live event in the fall when we talk about more animals, their basic biology and habitat, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it, including you out there. That is easier pretty good. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.